0: going on people welcome back to another episode of the chatting in the city podcast brought to you by the p-track at the university of ottawa because i who is never here this is the podcast that refuses to be consistent right because you know in the podcast world people actually they show up every week they put out episodes but not i i'm here to defy the convention and uh, uh to help me do that i'm here with one of my well she's family i love her and i'm um, proud to call her my cousin sandra welcome
1: Hey guys, I'm here, and I'm excited.
0: Well, I'm excited to have you here. Um, before we get started, how are you doing?
1: You know, woke up, had a cup of coffee, then I had hot noodles, and honestly, I don't know how I feel yet, but so far, so good, you know?
0: I don't know how do you f- it's about 4 p.m. You still don't know how you feel about your day?
1: No, because I woke up um, just, you know... I just woke up. Honestly, I don't even know what day it is anymore. Like, is anyone even keeping track? Like, I don't even know if yesterday was now or if tomorrow will be there. You know what I mean? Um, but so far so good. You know, so far so good.
0: Well, thank you for being here. You pulled up with your do rag. I respect it. I yeah. I I feel kind of bad now because I can't put on the do rag. I got the hair going crazy. It'll be
1: can you can you just gotta.
0: It'll be funny, be like. Like a, I don't even know what that shape is, like a mushroom. Mushroom yeah, of so a durag. something
1: strange, yeah. Uh,
0: no, we can't do that. Um, so I wanted to get you on here to talk about uh, some of your art, um, the creative process, um, and sort of just why you got into it. And I guess the first question that I had, uh, lately I've been thinking about uh, a lot about habits. Uh, why we started doing things why we get into them why we sort of why they become habits why we keep them you know going and um something that can happen with habits is that you can forget why you started doing the thing that you're doing right you, you can forget the initial motivation for the for the first act the sort of that which you approach and then that became a habit so i've been thinking a lot about that and um i started thinking it's like hey, well, you know Why do people start doing things? And I guess I'm extending that question to you. How did you start making art? Yeah, how did you start making art? Just sort of give an overview, if you can.
1: Um, Well, I don't know. I feel like, I don't think I've ever actually told you this story. But I remember growing up, my older brother, you know, uh, he just always used to be drawing and I just always just was like trying to be in his like way and like trying to be like oh I can do better than you like watch so every day I would just be sketching and drawing and also in elementary school me and my one of my really good friends we made a comic book together we collab together and used to make little comic books based on our friends and I didn't realize at the time, but it was like a coping mechanism for anxiety because I didn't realize at the time I had anxious feelings about certain things. And it would really relax me. Like I remember in elementary school on the margins, like on the sides of tests, I used to get in trouble for sketching and erasing (laughs) instead of doing the test. And, you know, as I grew up, like I just got more and more into it. And now I'm in university for it. Um, But I think, yeah, it was definitely like a coping mechanism for whenever I'd feel something and I didn't know how to deal with it. Drawing would really be like a release. Like it actually like it helped me feel better. So, yeah, it's actually very poignant that you brought up habits because it first started as like a hobby kind of habit, like thing that I just, just like, like as a tick. But now i've developed it more to be um more intentional you know yeah
0: so in essence you started as it being well first of all before we get into that shout out to jl big baby j the one (laughs) and only all right he was actually funny enough he was the first guest on, on this podcast the very very first guest the very first guest wow yeah man love that dude um but you, you said you started drawing because you felt like you had anxious thought, thoughts towards certain things. So that would help you kind of get rid of them and cope. Um, were those comics geared towards certain things? Because you said you started drawing with uh, your friend about your friends, essentially. Like, were they geared um, towards certain topics?
1: Yeah, like, sometimes we'd make up, like, little scenarios. Or, like, we talk about, like... It was all based off of this one book that we used to be obsessed with, which is basically, like, short-form, like, comic strips. And we tried to copy the same kind of styles. and be like, one day, somebody loses their pencil case. And we interrogate all of them. And then, like, whoever finds it, like, we punch them. (laughs) Like, it's just, like, elementary school type thing. So it was, like, mostly silly most of the time. I think we also tried to make, like, some kind of storyline, but we were, like, eight. (laughs) So it just, it wasn't really, like... That's you funny. know, connecting. But um no, I I don't think I ever like fully tried to like tackle specific uh mm-hmm. situations and stuff, but you know, you could you could kind of say that like now I'm trying to do that a bit more in the work that I do more recently now.
0: Okay, okay. That that actually it's making me think of um uh Lovecraft Country. I don't know if you've seen the show. Um, I need to. Um and in the show, the daughter of what is it? the main character's uncle I think she's also like she's she, she, she basically she draws comics for her dad because her dad basically travels around the country showing you know people the country whatever and so the dog when her dad's away the daughter sort of comes up with you know some of the things that you know some of the characters her dad's meeting on the way stuff like that monsters maybe just like you know it's uh, it's interesting that's why that made me think of um and then I guess my next question which obviously you already touched on um how you had anxiety and you try to sort of deal with that using art. Um, another question that I had leading into that one was: Do you feel like do you feel like certain emotions or certain mental states um, sort of propel you into making certain types of art or sort of towards certain styles?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of people can relate to just the the uneasy feeling we felt for the most part of this past two years um like i there are a few pieces that i haven't shared on the internet because like either i didn't feel that confident about them or they just weren't exactly like conventional <laughs> like i had shown cuz i'm i'm taking uh i'm taking courses in university for art so one of the courses i've been consistently taking is painting courses mm and um so over the last school year i had produced a few things for the class and i was showing um my aunt and uh mom my mom okay and i had one piece and like mind you these are like immigrant people like they are not trying to like kind of dive in <laughs> they just yeah. want to see it and if it looks nice to them They'll it's applause it's that's <laughs> And if it's not looking nice to them, it's the devil's work. So, you know, that's just how it is. But I had shown them one piece. And it was kind of, like, abstract and a little bit on the darker side. Mm. And I had made it, like, in, like, February. Like, everyone knows, like, February is, like, peak, like, seasonal, like, (laughs) seasonal, like, depression-type beat, you know? Yeah. And, um... Yeah, like, it was definitely inspired by just, you know, being in a place that I wasn't happy about, you know, like being an art student, like, you have to be in a space, you know, you have to kind of be present and being present online is just almost like impossible, Mm. you know. Um, And so like, I was just feeling like, kind of like, annoyed, kind of like, ugh like drained, so i i had limited my palette to just like deep purples and like lilacs just colors that are more muted and stuff Mm -hmm. um but then for other pieces i've tried to like also like uplift myself in that same way like by using specific colors and using specific like i guess markers to show like a better mind state and even sometimes i use it to lift my mood up as well um which is like you know it's helped most of the time. So I don't know if I answered your question.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That, that, that did. And it's interesting because you say, you said, um, so in a way feeling a certain way drives you towards certain styles. Like you said, February was a little dark. So you went towards the more darker colors, right. Um, Sort of exhibiting that mood, but then you can also leverage the style that you use to sort of lift your spirit. So if you're feeling low you can actually use brighter colors, so in a way, like kind of trick your brain out of feeling low, feeling sad. Right that's interesting yeah. because i think for a lot of people you can actually a i was not a lot of people but most people don't know that you can that's one of the things that they actually do in therapy um is in a way just try to like restructure the way you think about things and so through your art you can actually restructure how you feel about a certain situation a certain moment that's really interesting
1: yeah i think quarantine is also like given like somebody like me who already like painting is a very like singular or kind of like solitary kind of practice it's not something that you need other people to be around with Mm. so I think like a lot of the times like if not to say if you're not careful but like if you don't like try to tap into yourself and you just let the paintbrush go you can unveil things to yourself like you can reveal certain truths to yourself and I think like quarantine has helped with me being able to be more solid in who I am as an mm-hmm. artist, but also it's a drawback because the great thing about being in art school is that you're around other artists and you can yeah. bounce off of each other. You can talk to each other. You can inspire each other. So yeah, it's, it's like this and that, but it's mostly like this, but you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah
0: mostly nay less yay uh okay so let's take a few steps back um so from i guess like earlier on like you said with your friend uh drawing comics about you know your other friends sort of coming up with wild stories um how do you go from that to convincing your parents that hey i actually want to do art in university and you're like you're convincing immigrants
1: <laughs> okay i'm very lucky my parent um is somebody who can be convinced (laughs) so Mm -hmm. um and already like my my transition from high school to university was not something that i look back and i'm happy about like i wish i took a year off um because like i went to a private school like a private boarding school so the whole university process like enrolling i just did it myself like in my dorm room with my friends i didn't have any clue really if i really wanted to i was just like everyone's doing it this is the necessary step let me just step into this um but you know i i told i told my parent like this is what i want to do i don't want to do anything else i wouldn't want to waste my money or my time doing anything else um so does i can't see myself being in school for another four years like doing something that i dread doing every day you know um and like th- this program is also good because like they give you more freedom obviously as you uh, advance in your you know your schooling mm-hmm. um and, yeah, I was able to take, like, multiple different other courses and, like, explore what I wanted to do and know, like, what I was interested in and what I wasn't interested in at all. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm happy and I'm blessed to be in the position I'm in. And, you know, it's, it's not stopping nothing. It's just, it's just making me better as who I would see myself being, you know, as an artist. So, yeah.
0: And I asked asked that question because it seems like for you, you knew what you wanted to do. Um, you were like, "Art is the thing I want to do. This that's what I want to go into." Because most people coming out of high school, they're not really sure where to go. And like you mentioned earlier, it seems like it seems like it's the thing, next thing to do. Everybody's doing it, so I guess I'm doing it as well. Or you kind of get caught up in the whatever, like the milieu of wherever you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, getting caught up in the mood in a way, which kind of relates back to habits. You kind of like, you find yourself doing things. You're not really sure why you're doing them. Other mm-hmm. than hey, this is the next step, right? Um, and like you said, you could have taken a year, you should have taken a year off, but everybody else is moving on. So you got to move on as well. And also making it more interesting, trying to convince an immigrant that I want to do art. Even though, like, in our family, there's a lot of art. Our uncle actually was a multimedia artist. Jacques did exactly. a lot of art, So it's mm-hmm. also like, you know, our grandpa wasn't too happy about that. So there's that aspect to it. It's all, yeah, wild. Um, okay, so you get to uni, right? First year. Was it everything you thought it would be in your first year? The program itself?
1: Um, honestly, I'm trying to tap into t- to the, to my brain, like my freshman brain, because yeah, there was some parts of it that I was like, there's nothing that upset me about the course or mm-hmm. about the program. But there were some things that I was like, wow, like for example, the professors, like I felt sh- it felt strange calling them by their first name, because that's how most that's how we addressed most of them. Mm-hmm. And some of them would even share their opinions. And I was confused by that, because Coming from high school, like, the teachers were just very impartial. They'd just be like, do the work and then leave me alone. But these professors kind of like, it's almost like you could get extra points by just speaking to them, which can be a little bit weird and problematic at times. Mm. Um, But I think, like, their, their, their position in, like, our learning career is more like they're our mentors. They're not specifically trying to like tell you unless like, you know, it's an art history course, which is like, okay, you have to learn this stuff, but I'm speaking more for like the studio courses, which is like where like the meat of an art school is like, right. um, so yeah, like I-, I think for sure, like my impression of it was like, this is crazy cool. Cause also like they have a lot of uh, resources. Like you could go to the studio any time of the week, basically. And nice. some people would, like, used to also sleep there. <laughs> Which was kind of, you know, like for the students who were, you know, last minute kind of people. I never slept there, but I was close. But um, yeah, and like you had access to like uh, cameras, access to the studios, access to computers, to software. So it was very much like, you know, good. But, you know, COVID came and kind of.
0: So downstairs. <laughs> COVID came and took it downstairs. Were there any people in the program or are there any people in the program because all in it who are like in a way the prototypical artist? Like you said, some people were sleeping there. So they're like they're living this, like they're essentially living a movie, right? Mm-hmm. They sleep they sleep at the studio, they come in, they, when they when they wake up, they wake up. It's just you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, there
1: was uh there's some characters, obviously. Like there was this one person who people really didn't like, but then they ended up liking because they gave this person a chance. And they were like, you know, very prototypical, like, oh, I used to be the best in my town. And now I'm here to let you guys know that I have random information about, you know, the chemicals that are used in this product. It's like, okay, we're all new. (laughs) We're just trying to like get to know what's going on. You don't need to. You don't need to try to. You know, pop. What's the word? Um, when you're trying to like
0: proselytize, you know, yeah, convert people, like I'm, yeah, <laughs> preach, yeah, pro- same thing, proselytize. That's
1: yeah, trying to come like a come like a messiah or something, yeah. like <laughs> chillax, dude.
0: Well, like you said, you know, they gave him a chance, and he probably he probably came back around. And Also, like what's fascinating about, like you said, you need to be in a certain, you need to be in a space with other artists, right? You kind of like you you know you get vibes of each other, and so he felt like people weren't appreciating his whole you know his shtick he's coming out here preaching at people, giving you all random information about the paint and what it's made out of what the actual color is. it's not blue, it's whatever random name that he, he probably knew, so he was
1: like, "Hey, you know,
0: they're not appreciating that. Let me try to you know be more um be less of that, yeah and social learning one one
1: exactly exactly, exactly that. <laughs>
0: Okay, so you get there, um, you're starting the program, everything is, like you said, thumbs up, things are good. Um, now, I want you to like try to look back when you started to now um, and sort of see if, like has there been like a, a certain trajectory towards creating a style for yourself?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I would say for sure that I used to be hyper-fixated on trying to be an artist who could, Uh, you know do proper reproduction or who could do true to nature kind of art so basically like you know like those renaissance pictures or paintings that are super like picturesque and flawless I used to think that oh if I work hard enough I can achieve that kind of style and you know like a program like you start off kind of generalized so where you're supposed to take sculpture classes, a photo class, a media class, and a painting class. I always kind of was more partial to painting. Mm. Um, So in in that light, like, I would try to, like, strive for that. But also, like, I would kind of neglect other courses. But now I see the importance of having more of, like... a a personal internal journey you know and like seeing other artists and taking from them what you can Mm. and then enrolling that into your like own like I feel almost psychology because the great thing about art is that it's not just about what you create it's about what's behind what you created so I used to think before it was just reproduce 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 Mm. but now it's more like, where are you trying to go with this? What are you trying to say with this? And I think my style isn't fully trapped in like a visual, but it's more of something that I want to develop in like a metaphysical, <laughs> if that makes sense.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah. So I think my style, like the way that I paint, like, like, like physically is like more of a... um like not pictorial, but like kind of like, like a pixelated. So like, I'll take like a color and like, I'll like try to like recreate a kind of like uh, thing by using specific colors and putting them in different places, but trying to mesh them together, but still have them separate. So when you zoom in, it's like, Oh, these are, you can see the colors that I use when you zoom out. Yeah. yeah, Your eyes blend it all together because you know, but um, yeah, I've, I've been trying to focus more on a actual like either symbolic or uh, kind of like a abstract um, philosophy when it comes to what I wanna do. Like let's say if it's with color, like Mm -hmm. certain colors can give us a specific feeling or a certain like face expression will translate differently between people or a specific like um, composition can be read a certain way either left to right up down like even diagonally sometimes Mm. um but that all comes from people viewing your art like i could create a piece and i show it to people and they can give me a totally opposite interpretation of what i intended and i think that's also like really important so I don't know if I have a visual style. I don't think I have a distinctive visual style, but I want to have a distinctive like voice, which can usually be interpreted, but like, I still want, I'm still finding who I am like in my work, if Mm. that makes any sense.
0: That's fascinating. Uh, I want to get back to the metaphysical aspect of what you're trying to do. But first I was actually reading something last night. um, And this guy, he was talking about, he's a, He's a professor, a literary, uh, literary critic and a bunch of other things. And Usaba, about the role of critics, people who, you know, critique literature, art and all that stuff is actually to point out the things that a, the author or the, or the artist might not have intended to sort of, you know, to be the message, but they're actually the message. And he, he kind of talks about how, like, most of the time you shouldn't, like, don't listen to the artist or the author, listen to the piece itself. Because like in a way, like the piece will actually have the message that the author didn't intend. It, in a way, it's sort of tapping into the subconscious. Because you could say, in your case, you could put together a painting and be like, okay, the message that I want to put forward with this might be X, Y, Z. But then I viewing it, I actually see something else in it, right? And if I'm actually, uh, he was he's arguing saying, if you're a good critic, you will actually be able to see what the underlying message was, not the more s- sort of like overt, explicit message. So that's really interesting. Um, and, uh, so yeah, let, let's go back to the metaphysical aspect. Um, your latest piece, the one that, uh, I'm actually going to use as a cover for this. I want to ask you about that. It's a self-portrait, right? Talk me through it because what I see from my side of things is obviously there's you and there's it almost seems like there's like a, almost like a portal behind your head or I don't know, an aura, or I don't know what it is. Could you like, mm-hmm. what was going on with that one?
1: so um this piece was inspired by a collective of things um i wanted to do a self-portrait because it had been a while since i'd done one and it was for uh, a final for my painting course that i just finished um basically like I had taken inspiration from another Canadian artist. Her name is Alex Garant. She's based in Montreal. Mm-hmm. And she does kind of like a vertigo effect with her painting. She's super, super talented. Um, so I wanted to take that um, element of like duplication um, as well as kind of like a, a, a sacred kind of aura. So mm-hmm. the great thing about taking... Uh, art is that you learn about art history because we're forced to um so uh the way that um i'm posed in the image um has kind of like early christian iconography kind of style um and the light that's coming from behind is inspired by a nimbus which is like a circle or like a a marker of like divinity Um, halo basically yes yeah and um the color also purple it's a pretty like it's a pretty like i I guess more like of a diasporic color for like black people like the Mm. color purple um and the title itself is called f you pay me and it's based on that how the whole idea of like being given back what we what what has been taken away from Black people specifically Um, and specifically uh, since I am a woman too like this piece Mm -hmm. speaks to like the, the double vision speaks to like um what we see versus what we like see you know like basically like seeing past the the things that or, or seeing, reading between the lines, I, I guess, if that makes okay. any sense. So, like, I feel like a lot of us, inside of us, we have an intuition or we have, like, a, a feeling that sometimes some p- other people can't see or they can't understand. And for a long time in my life, like, I feel like I always would see past certain things, but I feel also kind of, like, alienated by it. Like, kind of feel like this is, like, if I mention something, so it's like, oh, you're not supposed to, like point that out and it's like why mm. not if I see it why shouldn't I be able to you know um and yeah like I I had like kind of like a revelation as I was working on the piece because one thing about me like I'll do like a preliminary sketch but a lot of the times I'm just being guided by how I feel and like obviously right. last summer and like for the past like months on months on end since we're trapped inside just all of this media coverage on all of like the brutality happening to black people. It's just like so much. And I hadn't done any pieces kind of addressing it until Mm. then. So I don't know. It just, it just felt like it was, it was trying to be like a rebellious act and also kind of like um, an homage to black women specifically, because it's, it's just something I don't see enough and I wanted to see it in myself so that's like a poorly <laughs> poorly done explanation. But that's, that's, the thing. that's
0: the thing about art. It's like, how do you express in words what you've sort of... Because you're essentially trying to express your feelings, how you feel. Like you said, you're trying to basically put down how you feel on a canvas. And then you take it from that to trying to express it in words. Something's actually really fascinating. I was reading uh, something last summer, this book by a psychiatrist. And in it, he argues about... Um, it's basically a book about the brain, how the brain is divided, right hemisphere and left hemisphere. Uh, but it's not one of those like dumb, ass, right hemisphere is for music, left hemisphere is for that. It's more nuanced. And one of the things he argues is that um, art generally lives in the right hemisphere. And the thing about the right hemisphere is that it doesn't have, um, it's not verbally fluent. So in most people, people, most people who are right-handed, the speaking hemisphere is the left. That's where Broca's area is. It's like, right here, right? Um, and so the left hemisphere is more verbal, it's more um, sequential, stuff like that. So when you try to basically create a piece of art more with your right hemisphere, let's say, but then try to describe it using words, which are more from the left, things get kind of mixed up because it's just like, there's a mismatch essentially in communication. Something that happens, even though obviously the you have one brain, the brain is connected through the corpus callosum. There still isn't like that. It's not as fluent and also like obviously there's another aspect of that which is like emotions being more subconscious versus uh just communication of verbal fluency so it's yeah it's uh trying to explain a painting yeah it's wild it's kind of like somebody trying to explain what a poem is about i don't know if that makes sense i'm trying to use a metaphor yeah but it's like or a simile but it's 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 that kind of thing a lot of meaning is lost so uh, mm-hmm. basically in that painting, somebody would have to see and see what they see for themselves in it, right? Getting back to the yeah. art of like critiquing art and looking at art and stuff like that. <laughs> back to the back to the metaphysical aspect. I wanted to ask you about that.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, why why do you feel like you're drawn to that?
1: Um, because it's the most interesting thing to me right now. Like obviously, like things that are like, you know, obvious truths, obviously, yeah. Okay, those are great. Those are fun. But I feel like when you start, like, unraveling, like, what you believe and what you s- perceive as true, and what you s- perceive as not true, like, I think that's where things get exciting. And I think, like, that's when things get also weird, you know, like, which weird is just another word for experimentation. Like Experimentation is another thing that a lot of our professors encourage us to do a lot, like you yeah conventional and easy things are something that are good you should like you know know how to draw a hand or you should know how to you know like portray a flower how to portray an emotion but once you start like going beyond the the certain like parameters that you think are set is when you start really like playing and when you start actually getting into like a flow state. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. if I'm in, if I'm in, if I'm starting to get in the zone, like I'll start taking risks or I'll I'll start mixing and going into different styles just because I won't really try to rationalize or think too hard or try to like, you know, like just aggravate myself. Like it's just, it's a free floating. And I feel like a lot of like, I, I'm, I'm pretty interested in like psychology and stuff like that. Like I'm not super like brainiac about it. I don't know every intricate detail, right. but I think it's super interesting. Like I watched this one. Well, I didn't finish it because it was long, but I was watching this one video about Francis Bacon. He was this portrait or painter, sorry, from I think the 20th century. Yeah, I think so. And um his life was just super turbulent like extremely like just not (laughs) not a cute time not a fun time Mm -hmm. but the work that he produced was very like um was very like jarring is is the best way i could say it but he would he would take to the canvas almost like going to like a punching like what's the what's the thing where you're a boxer and you punch the
0: (laughs) the punching bag (laughs) okay
1: (laughs) Yeah, sorry. He, God, he it's would right. Go at it like that. Like he would go in there and just kind of like make a mess, but also the mess would be like an indicator of where he is in life. And like as he kept painting, because he never got t- formally taught, people started realizing like the the like markers, of what was going on in his life. So one example is his portraits of like popes. I think he did like Pope the 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 Pope Francis the F- oh, Pope Innocent like the 8th or something mm-hmm. and he took uh inspiration from velasquez and like Velázquez is like this like 17th century like Flemish amazing painter and when you put the painting side by side they're based like Francis's like image is based off of the velasquez but it's extremely like cold and dark and kind of dreary and people were able to infer that from his childhood of him being, you know, he, he was gay and he was ostracized from his country side living family because he had asthma and he was somebody who just, who was trying to figure himself out. There were a lot of elements they were able to find about his life just from a painting, just from one and from when it was created and all of that. And that was because he wasn't trying to follow the like, you know, regular kind of like recreation. he was taking inspiration but also injecting himself into that and i think that's like something that not to say that i want to like copy this man because he was very like crazy (laughs) but um i think i think that kind of thing is really really cool because also at the time like nobody was trying to do like very abstract and like conceptual work people were still trying to you know
0: Perfect, the basic, like a perfect face, the portrait facing one side, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. And I'm looking at, I'm actually looking at the painting you're talking about, the Pope, Pope Innocent. Jesus. Yeah. Jarring was the right word. Jarring is just the right word. Yeah. Actually, one of the paintings that I did see made me think of, uh, I don't know if you've seen, um, it's all over the internet, if you just look it up, paintings created by people who have schizophrenia.
1: I watched a video on that recently or just artwork by them.
0: Yeah, yeah. It is, it's 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 a it kind of goes back to my question that I had, sort of like mental states and emotions sort of propelling certain styles or just certain themes. Like you can literally see the 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 uh, the the delusions in the art. And there's so much like th- there's so much pain and there's so much confusion and mist It's it's yeah. And then mm-hmm. now I'm looking looking at the Pope, uh, Pope Innocent. And it's just kind of the same thing. This, oh my God.
1: Yeah. That's the thing too. Like, if you just kind of like let go and you just go at the campus, like there's some pieces I haven't finished yet, or I just don't feel like they're finished yet. And like I I had certain emotions going in. And even for me and myself, I felt uncomfortable trying to like even decipher what I was feeling or what I was seeing that I felt. From what I had done, you know. Mm. Um, so I, yeah, but I, I think for sure, like the, the the whole idea of like metaphysical and like kind of um, not uh, just not not obvious things that you would want to see on a canvas. I think those are the more interesting things, and at least for me, I find them to be interesting. Like obviously, Canadian art is. You know like a forest and like a creek and like a little cabin house maybe that's a great. deer you know caribou. <laughs> but um elk. yeah but that's also not shaking the table <laughs> it's not doing yeah. anything you know at least that's how i think so
0: yeah when you said metaphysical my mind just got, sort of went straight to uh i guess the most obvious thing which is like metaphysical philosophy and stuff like that but Trying to inject that into your art, it's fascinating. And I can't wait to see some of the new pieces that you come up with, because if that's kind of where you're leaning towards, I'm excited. I am excited. All right, Me well, too. Um, I don't want to keep you too long. Um, but I do want to ask something I've been asking sort of, well, I guess the last two guests, you and the last one, uh, what's the most positive thing that's happened to you in the last year? Because, you know, we're, in, we're locked down. And like you said, it's mostly thumbs down but what's a thumbs up, something that really stands out to you?
1: Um, yeah, I think for sure it's just me feeling more internally solid, I would say. Because spending time with yourself, you're obviously going to speak to yourself and you're going to mm. confirm yourself and validate yourself. And I've been trying to validate myself more um, in, in a way that's not like just superficial, but in a way that's like, you have to convince yourself you know like you have to tell yourself that what you're doing is not terrible what how you're feeling isn't stupid mm. and you know how how you're dealing with things also it comes from a certain place and I think exploring that too like the pandemic has given us pause to be able to sure. do that um and also you know I'm not homeless you know I'm not I'm not somebody who's like like you know wanting for so much and i think also that reminder is great because obviously we've seen so many people lose their jobs and so many people like just be greatly affected by this pandemic and i'm just grateful that like although my life isn't like you know peachy cream and amazing Mm -hmm. it's not it's not that bad so i think also recognizing that like that's given me like it's a good thing to know that i'm i'm okay i'm gonna be fine you know
0: so perspective
1: yes definitely
0: yeah perspective yeah like you said it's giving everybody pause and you kind of you have to look at yourself and like you said speak to yourself figure out how why you're feeling certain things and all that so yeah perspective it's interesting actually the last person asked the question they said um what was the word he used he used uh he said he found direction mm-hmm. uh, in this past year so i guess being you know being by himself like you said speaking to himself he was like okay well i guess this is where i say ta- where i want to take my life and being able to have the pause that we have now um and you can look at it as uh, you know it is terrible people are losing jobs people are past people are dying from covid but you can also try to look at it the other way and checking some perspective into it that's a great answer um before you go where can some of the people find your art uh or if you want to promote anything else
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, My Instagram is at N-E-J-E-A-R-T. And also on my Instagram is my Squarespace for my uh, portfolio um, for current work. Um, And also me and artist friends um, have created this initiative called the Moving Art Gallery. Um, we're basically a community of people who want to put a highlight and spotlight on Black women artists. Nice. Um, we're planning on trying to do at least one uh, event coming up soon. I have to just figure out the logistics, you know, school is taking up most of my brain space. So now, you know, be on the lookout for any uh, incoming events coming up. They're obviously going to be virtual. Um, but yeah, that's. It's the majority of that. <laughs> and when can we expect
0: some of the some of the newer pieces? You said, oh, you have a bunch of that are not finished. You don't oh you don't feel like they're finished.
1: Yeah, you know, the thing about unfinished work is Yeah, I that, hate to be
0: that guy but like, yo, you know, where's the <laughs> art, man? Where's the
1: album? You feel me? Oh, I don't want to be that guy. Oh god. I just I just I don't know, man. I want I wanna get into a more meditative space i want to start reading my one of the books i've been saying myself i want to read um i do also want to do more like interesting fun little quick art um so you know what guys you'll get it when you'll get it <laughs> <laughs> that's just what it is all oh, that whole answer was uh,
0: just for that that's just the funniest just answer it but it's it. also it, i think it's also the most honest answer because um i, I like i've never really understood people who like email artists like musicians or whatever like yo where the album at you know you've been waiting it's been two years now four years it's like like you might wait five years and then you get a masterpiece like what are we talking about here like just be patient yeah can't force it you can't force it well thank you so much uh for speaking to me Uh, i really appreciate it always um and yeah guys if you check out some of the art i will be getting some of the pieces Wait, do you? Do you only sell prints, or?
1: I'm. I tried to ask, and um, my people who are were active on my account, and I'm going to try to see if I can get one of my canvases turned into a print. Have to go and like contact a printing house and like figure the whole logistics out. Um, I I just recently put like a something. A gloss over my work like before i just used to like let them be raw like out in the world but i finally like sealed them and i'm going to try to see if i can get one of them to turn me into Prince. because a lot of people liked like uh, the joy one the one i did a few months back um but yeah, I that also... was really nice
0: for flowers and everything yeah yeah. yeah yeah
1: so i was thinking of doing that but you know, like I said, be on the lookout. I will I will try to look into that, though, for sure.
0: All right. Like she said, check her out, Ninja Art. The Squarespace will be on there as well. I'll also add the link to the Squarespace in the episode description for those who are just listening. Um, and, yeah, thank you so much for doing this. As always, love.
1: Thank you for having me. Bye, guys. See
0: you in a week. Bye. Hopefully. We'll be more consistent. Maybe.